Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Controversy, comedy, and that thug life. It's the Pantelis Podcast. Now I have Hannah Dickinson. Yes. I wanted to have you on since I met you in October. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty sure I was going to get some good uh, good stories out of you. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. Well, just that night, just that night at the um, at the Ice House, when you were telling about you and your assistant work, trying to be a badass assistant to comedy, and then how you were going on the little tours and all that stuff. I since quit. Did you? Yes, I quit. Um, so I was... I, I, I'll just say, uh, whatever. I was assistant to Polly Shore, and it was how we met was cool because I was doing a show at the comedy store, and he came back and was like, "You're really funny, but like you have no confidence. You should get more confidence." Because this was like a year before. Okay, it was before I saw you. Yeah, so it was a year exactly a year before. So two Octobers ago, and then so I started working for him, became his assistant, got to go on the road with him. But as after a year, I was like, it's a lot to be a personal assistant. Especially being a personal assistant for someone who grew up having everything, because right. then I was just as everything, and like, I it was too it was too much business and pleasure because not like that like we weren't yeah no, 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 I no. figured yeah <laughs> yeah no people ask me that though. they're like did you guys hook up I'm like that's that you even ask like no <laughs> but um, it was just like when you're doing just trying to do my own comedy and trying to do his work was like it was just too much and just like emotionally draining and being a personal assistant as it is you know everyone's everything it's like being a roommate yeah. but I can't stand up for myself and really do anything because he's paying me I'm his inferior so I can't it was just too much so I quit and now I'm like but was he was he emotionally draining or just it was physical? It was mostly just a lot of stupid things that you had to do. Uh, emotionally draining too. Just, just you know, he says what he feels, which I respect. But at the same time, it's like I I can't I I don't he he'll say whatever he's thinking. So if he thinks that I look fat or something, he's not afraid to say it. Oh, shit. But he's not mean. Like, he's a really nice guy and really good-hearted, but he just doesn't have a filter. And I can't stand up for myself. And, like, he, he'll he have these ideas, and I'll be like, if he says something about women, like, being bitches or women being crazy <laughs> bitches, I'm not going to be like, um, not all women are crazy and, like, pull out feminist shit because he's my boss. So I'm like, yeah, we're bitches. We crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I have gained weight. He's like, you should, I get this meal plan. Like, you should order this meal plan. And I was like, maybe, you know. And it's like, no, I'm not going to order a $700 meal plan to my place when you're paying me like $300 a week. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> the finances are way different. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just, 
I really appreciate my time working there, and I learned so much, and I met cool people. I met, like, Judd Apatow, and I got to go to Judd Apatow's house to film a podcast. Get the fuck out of here. That's badass. Yeah, and I met Nick Kroll and, like, did all these awesome things, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I just... At some point, you just have to... Like, I had to be like, okay, well, do I want to, like... Is it worth it? Is, like, every day going home, like, not happy? Is that, like... Meeting Nick Kroll's cool, but, like... Not really. Like, I didn't, like... It was... It was just, like, I was sad. I was, like, in a dark place, kind of. And I was, like, I need to figure out. But I was scared, you know? You're, it was... I was scared to quit. I was scared to, like, leave someone who... His parents on the comedy store. You and, thought maybe it would hinder your chance of getting on, right? Yeah. But it didn't at all. And we left on great terms. And we're still, like, I don't... I don't even... Like, we're... He's great. It's just, like... Any personal assistant job, you're gonna. Especially if your boss is eccentric. Exactly. He's not. Yeah, he's not a bad guy. He's eccentric, and he says what he feels, and he'll say it. Like, he's not even shy about it. He's like, yeah, that's just like the way it is, bro. That's hilarious. I can't. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking Pauly Shore. Yeah, but it was fun, and I had a good time. But the party, I had to. Move, kind of move on and kind of stand on my own two feet because I felt like I was relying on him a lot because I was going on tour with him and I would I was more like waiting for him to take me on tour and now I'm like applying to more festivals and going to different improvs and like trying to you know do my own thing and do it my own way as opposed to like following him around and because I got to open for him but I was still his assistant you so know it was weird it was kind of weird it was yeah. like yeah, I'm opening for him, but am I a comic or is he just bringing me because I'm an assistant? Well, I've, uh, you, you're a comic, I'll tell you that much. Oh, right? thanks. <laughs> I've seen you on stage. You're, you're, you're a fucking comic. That's not that's beyond question. Thank you. But it takes a lot of balls to do what you did, though, to kind of cut off that umbilical cord, you know what I mean, and be like, fuck it, I'm going to try to make this on my own. This is draining me on an emotional level too much for, yeah. it to, for any benefit I could get in terms of spots. Yeah. That's huge. Most people wouldn't do that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. I, I, you know, I was really... That's what I was scared of, is, like, losing that tie and, like... But then I was like, that's... this. What's That's what this industry is. It's, like, balls to the wall or, like, go home. So, like, I have to do this and prove to myself, like... I mean, I'm not, like, further. So I can't be like, I made it, guys. Like, you do it, too. Because I'm, like, still here. Yeah, like, it's going to take a while... To yeah. actually say the made thing, it's because it's now it's nearly impossible, right? Because there's, I mean, it's not impossible, but it's so much harder because there's so many good comics at the same time. I don't think yeah. we ever had this in uh, the history of comedy where there's so many at the same time. There used to be like these uh, kind of eras that people would go through, right? And yeah. you have like a Lenny Bruce, then you, you know, but you wouldn't have everybody at once. Like right now, like, if you think about it, there's headliners everywhere. Chris D'Elia is a headliner, Bill Burr, uh, Louis C.K. Uh, nearly anybody, fucking Ari Shafir is doing great. Uh, any Tony Hinchcliffe, anybody who's in LA right now could headline anywhere, like one of the big, the big guys. So and they're full. So there's options. There's options of high quality comedy. So it makes it so much harder for the new people that could even be better in some cases, but don't have the name behind them because all the spotlight is on these all stars. Joe Rogan, for example. Joe Rogan's killing it. Yeah. It's so hard for people to break in. We're like, eh, why would I look at this guy? I have this option that I'm already aware of. So it's a much different landscape right now. It's not just based on talent. You need to know people. 
Yeah, that's no, that's the most frustrating thing. And even club owners will say it. They'll say, honestly, we don't give a shit if you're funny or not. If you're selling tickets and putting butts in the seat, that's where we're making our money. Like, and people are gonna come for a name. You're right. But. Like the, all the TV people, the TV people right now, like you said, pilot season, for example, they're getting spots. And I saw, where was it? Was it the store? Was it the comic store a year ago where there was people on that everybody seemed excited about? And I was sitting there like, I love comedy. I was like, wow, this guy is not funny. But they mentioned what show he's on or what show he writes for, some show like that. And it brought some excitement. I was like, oh, nice. Let me see it. You know. And it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. Yeah, that's, that's the most frustrating thing. And especially with females, too, the thing that annoys me is like, if you have a lot of Instagram followers or if you're really hot, like, you have a lot of Instagram followers, like, that affects it. And like, being attractive, like, will help you get on a show and I I don't think that I'm ugly I'm not she's not (laughs) but there I'm not like I'm not I don't I have more followers on Twitter than Instagram for a reason and that's the most millennial thing to say that's amazing actually what you just said it's hilarious (laughs) it's true because you are fucking funny oh thanks but I'm just not but I don't want to be that but it's weird that someone who's really hot will get a spot on stage. It's not weird. You guys, yeah. all men are the same. All men are the same. But the thing is, it's also how you carry yourself. Because you're not an ugly girl. You're like, you know, it's not beat around the bush. You are a pretty girl. But you don't carry yourself in the way of, hey, look, I'm cute. Listen to me. You, like the whole time that I know you and even the stuff you tweet, the way you are is, hey, I'm funny. Listen to me. Hey, I have something to say. Listen to me. And that's a completely different dynamic. So, yeah, obviously you won't get people just double-clicking on your Instagram because you're not showing your ass all the time. But the people who do follow you actually like you. Like, yo, this girl's funny. Look at this. I could whole different dynamic. And I'm telling you as a guy, we have a much different perception when we see you in that light, for example. Yeah, it's... The, the reason why I've, like, kind of trained myself... Because, like, I was in a sorority in college. Like, I, I like dick. Like, I'm not... Yeah, like, obviously. Yeah, like... Um, but... I just think when people are like, I don't understand why I can't be sexy and funny, but Amy Poehler said it in her book. It's like women who sexualize themselves, that is the death to comedy because it's two different things. It's like trying to, that's like having, I don't even know, like it's just two different genres, you know? Well, do you want somebody to listen to you, listen to you, or look at you? There's two totally different things. Same thing with guys, right? Like there's crazy, uh, you know, good looking comics that go on maybe ripped abs. They want, it's, do they want people to listen to them or do they want to just rip the shirt off, right? They could do the same thing. Yeah. There's a lot of, women have a, have a lot of power now, right? There's a lot of cash, but most of them don't, right? Most of them are like, fuck it, let me do my jokes. They're all happy with it. But yeah, there's a lot of girls, I agree, even in Montreal, there's some that, uh, they're not the most talented, right? But there are some that I'm just amazed with. Like we have some, some of the, the best female comics, the comics in general, it doesn't matter. You can put them on a show with men or just with women and they're going to excel. Like I, we have some amazing comics in Montreal right now. It has nothing to do with being sexualized. But we do have some that are shit but they're hot so people put them on. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's anything too and the acting too. I, any, if you're hot, you're going to get ahead in some, business to an extent. From an assistant to an executive assistant. <laughs> it's yeah, a, it's, it's true. It yeah. That's, yeah, I feel like so many funny people come out of Canada. I don't know. People say that. Yeah, it's, it is true, but I don't know why that is. I don't... I mean... Cold, I don't know. We like to... We don't take a lot... I, I mean, for my neighborhood around from, we don't take a lot of stuff seriously. We love to joke and we love to bust balls. Like, we're big ball busters. Like, with my friends? Oh, the biggest ball busters. They annoy me more than any person on the planet, but I love them. Right? It's just how we are. 
So I kind of grew up in that setting of anything could be made fun of. Nothing is sacred. So I translate. Also, you are so like me. And Canadians have a reputation of being so nice, but you are such a nice guy. So even if you're busting someone's balls, it's not malicious. So it's funny. Maybe that's it. It's like you guys are assholes, but it's like funny because you're like so sweet. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I don't know. I, don't know. I never thought of. It. I tried my best to be an asshole, but it's so easy to like. Uh, like, he doesn't mean it. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you like <laughs> smile. Like your default is a smile. You're smiling right now. <laughs> That's but yeah, but no, it's uh, it isn't Shannon. But you, I don't know. I, 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 I do picture you like in a year from now being at a completely different place in your career. Uh, I, I, like I said, I'm very surprised just by seeing your humor and the way you're on stage that you're not already at least at one club a regular. Oh, you thanks. know, so it's a little. But then again, the talent pool here. There's, it's not even about quality. It's, there's so many fucking people. So if there's a waiting list, even if you're better, but there's a waiting list. Let's say, you're fucked. Because there's so many goddamn people. It's the comedy store. So right now it's a so it's a tier thing, and it's like development spots and then paid regulars. And so I'm in development spots, which everyone's like, "That's so amazing, you got development spots." But that's one spot every three weeks, six minutes. And there, he said, he said, uh, Adam, uh, you get the booger is really awesome and super cool and tries to be fair to everyone. But that's how he's fair to everyone. You get one every three weeks. He's like. A, because at first he said, I'm sorry, I can't give you them because cause I was working for Paul. I was like, hey, can I get them? It's kind of weird. But um, he was like, ah, like I, I have too many. And then I had to audition a few times. And he was like, okay, you can. And then, but he's like, but I, there are so many people in development. And then there are so many people on our lineup right now. And the other thing with the comedy store is like Rob Schneider and like David Spade and all these people, they weren't regulars. But when they come to the st- they're now regulars, and they obviously didn't have to work their way up, but they bring people in. Rob so Schneider's a regular. Yeah. Eh, Rob Schneider's <laughs> not a funny guy. Like, can I say this? Is that is that is that bad? I mean, I I've never seen him. He's not a stand-up. I was about to say I don't think he's a fucking stand-up comic. And even the stuff he's doing right now, like in movie, like it's just goofy kid stuff. Like he's not a. But people go to see, yeah, but people go to see him, so he bumps he bumps paid regulars of the comedy store who aren't well known. So development people are going to get bumped lower and lower because it runs from, I think, 9 to 1 in the morning. And you get 15 minutes at a piece. So those last comics are people who are regulars and getting paid their $20, but for three people. Oh, because everybody's leaving by that time. Yeah. And even the com- uh, the Laugh Factory, like I auditioned for Jamie and he's like, oh yeah, you're great, but I have no room. I have no room. And they and I did it through the audition process, which people are like don't do it, don't do it. And I got lucky enough to like do it, but they're like with the Laugh Factory, you have to be brought in by someone who. My friend got brought in by uh, Tim Allen, and she's really funny. She deserves to be there a hundred percent. But you need to know someone. You need to know someone. On one level, I understand it. Right? There's so many people. You can't just audition everybody. I heard about the Laugh Factory lineups. I think what is it Tuesday open mics or something like that where there's lineups in the day because they make you go early and there's just lineups I've seen pictures around the block of people just trying to get in just for auditions yeah I've I've I waited in that line so many times fuck but I did it too early I think but then this year I finally like something happened but one time I waited in the rain for two hours because I was like oh like there won't be a line around the block so I'll go early I did maybe an hour and I was first in line and like did it in the rain I was like soaking wet I got super sick 
And when I went up, uh, Jamie wasn't even there. So it was like, and the manager wasn't there. It was like no point of being there. And I was so mad because I got so sick from like standing in the rain. I was like, what am I doing? And I called my mom. She's like, Hannah, I, cause they live in DC and like, <laughs> don't really care about this stuff. So Obviously. she's like, just have some perspective. Like you got a cold, like relax. Yeah. It's not, it's not a big but deal. But still though, just the fact that you went through it and they weren't there. Yeah. It's a different system. I, I like the system, uh, like in Montreal, the comedy nest. Mm-hmm. That's the big club in Montreal. That it's my home club, and David Acker owns it. He um, he used to be a magician. He was a stand-up comic. He did a lot of TV. Yeah. Really, really nice guy. And he uh, TJ Miller is a big fan of his. Like, cause TJ Miller apparently used to do uh, a lot of magic. So whenever he comes to town for like just for laughs, he's always excited to see him. So uh, super nice guy. Him. And what he does is he puts on showcases. So he'll say, for example, a couple open micers are doing well. So he'll bring them on, or he'll tell them on a Wednesday or on a Thursday. Uh, like there's three select ones it's your showcase night so show me what you can do so he'll be in the audience he'll gauge how you are and then at the end he'll come talk to you so he'll go out with you and he'll tell you uh, if there's stuff that you need to improve on this and that he'll give you his honest feedback and then you could get in and when I showcase for him well, that's how I got weekend spots uh, he came in the back and he says hey Pantelis, uh, <laughs> if you don't change anything if you could do that for me on the weekends you'll get weekend spots that's awesome it was the greatest feeling I ever had and he was so nice about it. My friend was on that night. And he gave him some tips. He's like, uh, I forgot what he told him, but they were all smart. Uh, it, nothing cuts you. Like, he doesn't attack you. He tells you really smart things that right away puts things into perspective. Uh, he knows how to develop comedians. And because uh, he lets you spread your wings. Started putting me on, would let me spread my wings, you know, do a Friday, then do a Saturday, then do the two shows on Saturday. Uh, the late, you know, the crowds are different, so you gotta gauge them. Uh, and just all that stuff and he develops he lets you develop he gives you opportunities based on talent if you're good he'll put you on nothing to do with who you know not, and he's really nice you know he could be like hey can I buy a no it's just if you're talented you're gonna get on so the merit system for that club at least it made a lot of people develop properly because like if I want to perform there I need to get my shit better right whereas there's no shortcut there's no shortcut to get in there even his own friends, right? He won't let, like, you can't have a shortcut. You're either good or you're, you're not. It's the premier club of the city, so you can't fuck around. So I feel like to what you said about Canadian comics, there must there's a lot of clubs like that in Canada where they really value the writing and just how funny or how people like you uh, over anything else. So you have to develop because if you don't, you won't get on anywhere. There's no point. We need to laugh, right? If you're not funny, I don't give a fuck who you know. Yeah. Whereas here, like you said, it's this, everywhere I go actually here, I see, it's not just in comedy, I see a lot of this buddy system where it's, people are just putting their friends on, people are putting their friends ahead, uh, regardless of merit. So just the lifestyle you guys live in Hollywood is completely different than anywhere else in the country. It's, yeah, and it's, that's what makes it just a weird system, yeah. is because, and that's why I think people in LA, like people are like, well, comics in LA aren't that funny. It's because, yeah, because they don't, they think they're moving up faster than they're developing because they're being brought on by a friend and it's like, oh yeah, I'm super funny. It's very clicky. And yeah. so it's, if someone tells you you're funny and you get to open the laugh, why wouldn't you be funny? I know a guy who's like, he's 21 years old. No, he's 20 years old Oof. at this point. And he's a regular at the Laugh Factory because he's, you know, a 20-year-old boy on TV, and it's just a weird situation where it's like, well, 
sitting in the audience, you see the difference. Like, when he goes on with the lineup with Ari Shafir, you see that. Like, you, it's a different, it's an energy change. But it doesn't matter. And I'm not saying, like, I should be on there with Ari Shafir. Like, I still know I need to develop. Like, I'm well aware, but it is, like, disheartening to see, like, you know, even if I do get really, really good, even better, it's like, there's no guarantee I'll be yeah, a regular. Yeah, no Yeah. There's no, there's no system anymore. Like, that's awesome that they do that. I wish they But did. it's funny, you know, they, it's just a heat. No other club has that same perspective. Uh, they'll just like, ah, I saw you're good, maybe come on, and stuff like that. A lot of buddies, system, that kind of... But him, David, like, it was unbelievable. That He was one of the guys that really motivated me because he was fair. He was always fair. And, and it also kind of misled me because I thought that all club owners are like that. And I thought that's what comedy is uh, in terms of a business. Uh, so I remember when I first came to LA and I had done a little spot at the comedy store at the, in the belly room and I was all excited and then I saw other comics go on and I, I was trying to kind of figure out I was talking to people trying to figure out the dynamic of how you become a regular and get on and the more people I spoke to I realized that it's completely random it's there's no meritocracy in it right you could go on there and slay regularly and if you're not one of the click tough yeah. chance I say the comedy store is like but I would say the comedy store is closest to developing as it is because Adam does the he development does, spots yeah and he does look at talent like he'll have people that work there and they'll be like Adam like can I be a developer they work the door and he'll be like sorry dude like I just don't see it yet and he's very honest and even regulars because there was a different booker regulars that like the old booker put up he tells them he's like I'm not giving you spots because I don't see it that's fucked yeah so and that's a kind of he's like my name's on the wall how are you not gonna put me up but if you're not up to par then you shouldn't be how does your name go on the wall uh you become a regular that's amazing yeah so but then it's like but then on the other hand it's like Rob Schneider and all these people it's like obviously they get priority because they're filling the room so if you can the comic store has been sold out like most nights even on a Wednesday you can pack it out because he's putting these big names on there but then he'll put regulars open and close but it's just hard to get on the the regular roster it's gonna take they're like oh yeah it takes like seven years Get the fuck out of here. To get on the comedy store roster. That's what people said. It averages seven years. And that that was... is fucking insane. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong. It could be 100% right, but I just mean, that's cre- you can live a life in seven years. Yeah. Everything could change. Everything could change. And it's like, you wait seven years to get on a paid regular spot, which is $15. <laughs> like, And I get it. It's like iconic and it means something, yeah. but it really does in the scheme of things if you're a regular or not because people who aren't regulars at the comedy store are still touring around you can be regular at the Laugh Factory and not regular at the comedy store that's true yeah and my friend who headlines he started out in the Midwest and then he came out here he's a regular at the Improv and the Ice House but he can't get spots at the Laugh Factory or the comedy store do they just not like him or um it's just like a click thing and he's like well cause he's like 40 some in his mid 40s and He's like, I don't think they want to put me on because I'm, like, too old. You think that's it, yeah? That's what he says. That's what he said to me. But I don't I don't know. Could be. I mean, you never know. It depends who's... Right? There's a lot of young people going out there now, and they're talking about things that are relevant to us. I could see where they go, eh, it doesn't fit into our demographic. Not in a bad way. Just, like, eh, our, our people don't... The, the come here don't really have kids 
and, and mortgages and things like that. So they can't really relate to your type of humor. It could happen because I've done shows where I was like, "Well, I, I should not be here." Like what I'm talking about doesn't fit in with these people. Oh yeah, that I, have you done shows in Vegas? No. Those rooms are so hard because they're either coming from all over and visiting and just like normally older couples or I did this show called Dirty at 12.30 and it was like 400 people in this casino off the strip and it was all locals and it was they were like my manager brought me there and he's like this is the hardest room you'll ever do and I thought I did horrible because I just like wasn't getting the response I wanted but then I saw comedians who I, I I don't even know their names but they've been on like um they've been on television okay Conan and Leno that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah stuff like that yeah eat it <laughs> and I was like oh okay cool he's like my manager's like you did so well I was like so embarrassed to go talk to him and he's like no you know you I did bad okay like I did okay I mean it was just like <laughs> they were not on board they were and, not giving yeah they were not giving and then other people, they would be like, what? Why would you even say that? Because they were drunk, local, Las Vegas. Like, think about the people you'd meet in the suburbs of Vegas. Hookers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, ah, oh, just, it was just a weird night. But then it was a good learning experience. But Vegas is just a weird place to do comedy, which I'm going to on Thursday. It doesn't matter. You, you get the experience. You mm-hmm. get your name out there. Um, you're lucky because where you're at right now, you could go to a couple of states, right? You could just go around and get your name out there. Uh, I know a lot of California guys like to go down to Arizona as well. Mm-hmm. And I hear there's good comedy clubs. What about Colorado? How far is Colorado from here? Colorado's far. It's, it's too far. Yeah, it's too far. But okay. Arizona's great. And the crowds in Arizona are great. That's what I hear. I only hear good things. Yeah. Because they're fun and they're drinkers and like, just like happy people in Arizona, which is odd. But they just like love comedy and like I don't know I did the Tempe Improv with Polly and those were some of my best shows I ever did and um yeah it was it was fun did you ever fight with him on tour no no because you know sometimes if you travel with somebody you uh everybody's tense yeah no I'd say like my weirdest experience is when we went to Boise and we shared a townhouse together and, like, it was just me and him. There wasn't another person with us. And that was a little odd because it was, like, I was... We had separate bedrooms, but it was still, like... It was fun, though. I mean, we went to breakfast every morning and, like, hung out. and. But it's just a weird thing. Dynamic. Dynamic. Yeah. Because people ask... People, eat, people just assume... We're sleeping together, and it's not because of a vibe I give off, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely his vibe. But he's, he's <laughs> it's definitely his vibe because he hits on everyone, and he'll be like, "Hey, babe," and like the in the airport. And oh my gosh, one time at the Coffee Bean in Hollywood, he had these two like girls that were like questionably eighteen. <laughs> they were very hot, but they were like. They were so skinny because, like, they haven't gone through puberty yet. Oh, my God. And he was like, Hannah, like, go talk to those girls and get their number for me. Oh, and I was Jesus. like, what? And he's like, oh, and make sure they're 18. Yeah, like, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to be like, hey, girls, like, you guys should come to a comedy show sometime. Are you guys 18, though? Because you have to be 18 or over to get the club. They're like, yeah. So they gave me their number, and I, it was just a weird... Oh, my God. You think you, think you did something? 
He tried to text them. They didn't respond. Because he was, like, standing behind me, like, hi, hi. But they were too young to know who to he know was. To know who Paul Yeah. So it was just hilarious. And then, but it was fun. And then when I went to Virginia after I'd quit, I, he let me open for him in Virginia. And we went to um, Fogo de Chao, which is, like, an unlimited steakhouse restaurant. And it was just weird being at, like, a, a bottomless... Or Texas State Brazil. Okay. It's weird, be- like when they bring the steaks to you. It's just it was like a very formal, weird dinner just being <laughs> alone together. With Polly Shore. <laughs> yeah, it was just an odd. And people were like, because in Virginia, parents would be like, "Oh my god," because when you go to a state that like in Hollywood, he jokes about this, but like in Hollywood, people are like that's Polly Shore. What? The- it's so random. But when you go like Virginia or Boise, people are like. Oh my god, that's Polly Shore. They must be filming the movies around here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what's your next movie? Are you filming it? And he's like, shut up. Yeah, his next uh, fucking blockbuster. Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah, so. I mean, he's such a character. He'd, he'd be a good uh, premise for a documentary about the store and about just uh, like growing up in there. And I, I know people talk about how he was treated when he was young. And then he got everything he wanted, because everybody wants spots. He's doing a documentary on his life via in the comedy store. Okay, that's gonna be amazing. Yeah, he's, if it's filmed well, like I don't know who's doing it, but that would be mind blowing. Yeah, he. So I've seen parts of it. He showed me clips of it, and I went towards the end of working with him. I helped him do interviews and stuff because he has the craziest stories. Yeah, obviously, that's... and he interviews so many comics and like, yeah, it's gonna be good, I think. But it's gonna. I mean, yeah. It's basically what you just said. Are you going to be in it at all? No, I don't think yeah, so. But it would make sense because you're, you're part of, you know, you, you have that portion of his life where he had a, like a fucking assistant, a cool-ass assistant, toured, did comedy with him. That's an interesting dynamic. You know what I mean? Yeah, we were going to be on The Real Worlds. And Get the then, fuck out of here. Yeah, like Real World celebrity assistant. So we made it to the final round, but I don't know if they ever shot the episode. We didn't get it. That's actually, that would have been hilarious. That's what we said. We were like, you need to see us together. Because we were like, fr- I mean, he's still my friend. I, he's my buddy, but. <laughs> he's my buddy. <laughs> it Does was, he still do it? He's like, hey, buddy. Oh, he my still God. Shit? Of course. Get the know? fuck out of here. I, can't. <laughs> I, he, I got I to gotta meet Paul Shore. He sounds like a fucking, like a cartoon character. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. But it's just like, yeah, he even says, he was like, yeah, I, I got everything I wanted. Because during that time, comics were trying to impress Mitzi yeah. to become a regular. So by spoiling Polly, that helps. Obviously. Yeah, taking care of Polly. And his documentary is crazy because he's going to be talking about being raised by one of the comics. Like, she took legal custody so he could go to a different high school. It was just a weird thing. His life is insane. That's why. That's something I would want to see. Yeah. And he has the right team behind him. Oh, man, that would be fucking amazing. Yeah. I, I'm definitely, it's definitely going to be interesting. When did, you, when did you come out to LA? Uh, so I went to USC, and so I came out in 2010. But I did four years of school, and then so I've been out for like a year and a half. And comedy, when that started? Like two years ago. But yeah, you just said... This is for me? Like, how did it start? I, w- I want to know. Was it an open mic? Was it... Uh, no, I was in an improv class, and I'm, I'm terrible at improv. Because, like, I, I just didn't have confidence, really, and, like, 
I don't like... Have you ever done improv? Everybody keeps telling me to do it. I never did it. Don't do it. Uh, it's stupid. You're, like, making fake things. It's, it's weird. It's... Yeah, and... I've seen improv group. Like, I've done comedy where there's an improv in between. And I'm always weirded out. I'm like, this is goofy. What are you, what are you doing? Like, do you have, Give us a theme. So they lettuce. And then they're pretending like they're eating lettuce. Like, get the fuck off the stage, man. Come on. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta give off some pedophile jokes. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm a goddamn professional, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm some. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. But I was in an improv class and this girl was talking about stand-up. And I was like... Because every time I got off my improv, I was like... I would have been funny if I had just given me a minute to like think about it. If I had written it down, and then I was like, "That's stand up comedy," so I should just go do stand up comedy. And then I did a class called Pretty Funny Woman, which was the class I was at before helping tonight. I was helping out, um, but it was like an all female group, and the teacher's a writer from Chelsea Lately, so we'd go up, and she just like help us format jokes and like find our voice, kind of. And I. And everyone's like, I don't tell people I do a stand-up class because that's like, you did a stand-up class. But it was like, I was so nervous that it was like good to be... It helped. It helped. And I was... It helped doing it in front of someone who knew what they were talking about. So she'd be like, this is why it's not funny and not go to a bunch of open mics. Because everyone bombs when they start. I still bomb, but like, it's it's easier for me now because I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is a bomb. Yeah, that's bombing early on hurts. Because you're like, should I even be doing this? Yeah, you doubt yourself. No one should be doing it when they start. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like when everyone first starts, you're like, get off the stage. But you have to be on there if you yeah. want to keep doing it. That's exactly it, yeah. So it's humiliating. So I did it, this, this class, and it helped me so much because my first jokes were so... It was horrible. But now... You're hilarious. We'll see. But, yeah, right now I'm... Trying to do other things, too, so I'm not just focused on stand-up, because I'm, like, I feel like I'm just, like, wait, like, it's a waiting game. I'm, like, oh, I want to become a regular and do tour and stuff, but I'm, like, that's going to take so long, I need something else. So, you could act, right, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'm selling my eggs. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. My friend and I, we wrote a pilot, and we want to shoot it, but it's going to cost money, so we're going to sell our eggs. How much do you get for selling your eggs? So, this is the fucked up part. So, you get, like, base is, like, $6,500. And then, based on your genetic makeup, you get more bonuses. So, my friend's, like, oh, positive. So, she's, like, oh, that's more for me. So, she's, like, worth $2,000 more than I am. I'm, like... That's fucking insane. Yeah. Wait, are, do you have... So, how does it work? You, you, you give your eggs, and then they fertilize them. And then they someone it's all anonymous so it's like it's not like i'm like meeting the parents of my child right but i think there's gonna be little hannah's running around there yeah that's trippy i know my friends were like you should really think about this because it's like such an emotional thing but i was like i mean i don't know I, i i don't really think of it as like i guess it's my dna but it won't be I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to put my my head around it. Like, uh, I don't know. Cause guy, first of all, they won't give guys. I'm pretty sure they won't give guys six thousand dollars. Yeah, because you guys jerk sport. off every day. We're gonna jerk off regardless. <laughs> yeah. We should be paying them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> A new room to do it in. Like, we should be paying them, which is crazy. Yeah, you guys. But yeah, you guys is much more emotional. And it's it's a surgery because they have to. Yeah, how do they take them out? Yeah, they have to go in your 
Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, so it's like you have to inject yourself with hormones for two months. And the then, whole process. Yeah, and then they go in and do surgery. Wait, so, why do you inject yourself with hormones? You're going to have the eggs regardless, right? Yeah, but I think it's like having them like fertile eggs so that when they... I don't... You know, I'm trying to act like I know, but I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I'm putting my needle in the (laughs) ice. I don't know all this shit. Yeah, just put me under and take what you gotta do. That's hilarious. But I, because I was thinking about today, I was like, I wonder if like, do they, do parents pay people when they adopt a baby? I don't know if they pay. I know that surrogacy you pay for. Yeah, I would imagine that because you're like using them, their body, I guess. But I was one, because I was. And it's just funny to think about you sell your eggs, but you give away your baby. I guess not yeah. give, that's a dark thing to say. Fuck, that's actually deep. That is so true, though, right? You don't yeah. get money for selling a kid. Yeah. I feel like you should, right? But And, and like you, different kids should have different rates. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so bad. But, and then it's but like, I mean, it makes sense because well, you're doing it early with the eggs. And they do buy sperm. I know I know they probably don't pay a lot. Maybe they'll get 50 bucks. I don't know how they get for, for you jizzing in a cup. But I mean, they pay technically for the kid to come in IKEA pieces. But the full kid, you're telling me, full fledged kid, you don't gotta put them together. You're not gonna pay for it. That's crazy. Yeah, That's crazy right. Yeah. Because then, but then it's like everyone. I was thinking because I was like, oh well, if life begins at conception or whatever, then you're still selling by selling your eggs. You're selling a kid. Yeah. In that sense, I don't know. It was just a weird thought. Does um, it hurt? Apparently. Like a lot. I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, that's fucked up. But I still have to... My friend and I were laughing so hard because we were like... Because we're doing it together. And we're like... If we do this... Like, we might get rejected from Beverly Hills because we imagine it's like probably pretty prestigious. Oh, that's and we have to like drive out to Fresno and like, <laughs> like take our baby, please. I swear. How, how, how funny would it be? And they're offering you... But at Fresno, you're, you're, you're high caliber. So they're offering you more over there. They're like, oh shit, we got the good one. <laughs> Yeah, well, then I would be happier. But Beverly Hills are like, no. They're like, no. <laughs> Sorry. Not our kind of babies. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. I'm sure a lot of people are doing that right now. Yeah, I mean, it's so much money. It's, I don't know. I'm saying I'm doing it, but I haven't fully, it's not like I'm like. You haven't committed. Taking, yeah, I haven't taken the hormone injection yet. And I, I'm just, I, yeah, I should probably like. Think about it. Think about it. Yeah, what I'm thinking is, is there any. I mean, because I think as a guy, right, if, I don't know, if I knew about it, like if I sold my semen mm-hmm. and I knew that there's going to be a baby, that might fuck with me in turn. Like I'd think about it, I'd be like, what is my kid, what is he doing? Are they taking care of him? You know, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But if I didn't know when somebody stole my semen, I'm not saying that happens often, but you never know, right? Semen thieves. <laughs> uh, then I wouldn't care. I wouldn't know about it, so it wouldn't affect me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, what I'm saying was the difference. Whereas you, it's a surgery. So you're going to remember regardless. Yeah, that's the thing. My friend was like, there's so much emotional things behind it. But then I was like thinking about it and I was like, I guess it's my eggs, but it, I don't know. I don't know. I want to be like, no, it's fine. It's not like, it's not like it's like, say the man, it's not like somebody you're in love with, you're having, they're fertilizing your eggs. It's completely random. Yeah, exactly. They're taking random sperm, your eggs, which are random to them. Yeah, exactly, and putting it in someone else and being raised by someone else. And the only thing that they're going to have... In many ways, you're helping. Yeah, exactly. It, it is very helpful for families because people need it, you know? People, 
a lot of women, you know, especially now that people are getting married older and having kids later, their eggs are dried up, you know? Like, Winnie Cummings froze her eggs. Just in case? Yeah, just in case. Nobody's gonna fuck with Winnie Cummings. <laughs> really? That's a joke. <laughs> she's cute. She's, uh, she's actually... I remember when she first started, she was really funny. But that show was garbage. That show's... Yeah. Oh, my God. That show made me want to punch Chris D'Elia in the face. I was like, what are you doing, man? Get off this fucking show. <laughs> Have you seen Undateable? No, is it any good? No. Fucking garbage shows. But I know that all those Undateable guys keep getting fucking spots. I'm on the Twitter. Even when I'm on the East Coast, I know what happens out here. Because yeah. I see a lot of comics getting pissed about it. Like, yo, these guys are shit. Why do they, they keep getting stage time? And specials, too. The yeah, amount Brent, of specials that are out. There's one guy. What's his name? Brent Morin? Or whatever. Yeah. I saw his special. What did you think? I didn't like it at all. I was very shocked. I was like, wow, this guy is not a good comic. It's at all, but you know I've seen him live and the energy he brings to the stage, like in a live room, he does well. And I thought the same thing about his special. But my friend in New York was there at the taping and was like, he killed and brought so much energy. But I don't think it translated. It might be because I feel like I do a lot better live than I do on tape. I feel the same Me way. Me too. So it could be that, but I mean, I just didn't like even the material. Didn't really. I was like, eh, all right, whatever, man. It's not that good. That's how I. Feel. There's so many other better specials. Like, um, my favorite guy right now, I really like Bill Burr, but I like Hannibal Burr's. I really yeah. laugh at Hannibal Like, Hannibal Burr's makes you laugh. I like his demeanor. I like what he talks about. I like the way... Him, I can see. You know, he's deserving of what he's getting. You know, he's, he's working hard and he's really good at what he does. But other people that are, are getting the comedy after, just based on a show that they're on, you can't expect him to be as good. Like, look at Tom Segura, for example. His special was great. Yeah. Really, really funny. Yeah. You know, it was good because he's a comic. He's a comic first. He thinks like a comic. Yeah. Right? It was the same thing. Remember Michael Richards had that whole fucking... Kramer had that whole mishap at the Laugh Factory? Yeah. He's not, he wasn't a fucking comic. They put him on because of TV and he was famous as Kramer. And he thought it's easy. He thought it could translate into stand-up. You saw the way he reacted on that video. He was not a stand-up comedian. Oh, I thought he was a stand-up. I didn't know he wasn't a no, stand-up. He was not a stand-up. If he was a stand-up, he wouldn't start fucking yelling at people for making noise like that and start fucking going off the charts racist. He wouldn't do that. Yeah. Because you can handle it as a comic. You can handle it after a while. You don't like it. You hate it when people are fucking with you. But you're not going to go on a tirade and... Uh... And do that... Say that awful... Have you seen Chappelle, what he talks about? Yeah, I love... Because that's how you feel as a comic. You're like, <laughs> get through it, Kramer. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> That was Don't let him win. Don't <laughs> let him win, Kramer. <laughs> That's... I didn't know he wasn't a comic. But that makes sense. Yeah. But you... I don't... People... It's a phase. I think. I think that... Like... It's... Only gonna last so long. And then it's... Their material gets worse. Like... Once you do... Is, but Brent Moran is a comic first. Well, I don't know if he's a comic first. All I know is that I saw the special. And all I had ever known about the guy was that he was on that show and that he was getting a lot of spots because of it. So I was, I was like, oh, let me see the special. It might be good. I, I sat through the special. I played for the end. I'm not saying he was, I'm not saying he bombed. He wasn't yeah. garbage. But I was like, eh, he's really not that good. He's nothing. Like, I've seen comics in LA uh, do a lot better. And comics that are what people consider just regular, you know, just regular comics. They'll go on stage, this and that. You know what I mean? Uh... I saw you get bigger pops at certain jokes that you had than stuff that he did that he thought should have got better pops. Uh, so it's not... You know what I mean? It's not... Uh, yeah. No, I was very disappointed in a special. 
But I I'm glad you feel that way. I'm glad that we could share that opinion. <laughs> yeah, negative. Well, is it negative? No, 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 no it's not. Because I'm not saying I don't want him to do bad. I'd love for the guy to, for that special to be amazing. What I, I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to gain if he does poorly. Yeah. Doesn't feel like on me. Plus, I had to sit through the whole thing, so I would have loved it to be just amazing. And it wasn't god awful. There was some good stuff, but it was definitely not a level of. Uh, it wasn't a special. It was not a special. That should not have been called a special. But did you see Tony Hinchcliffe's? Yeah, I did see Tony Hinchcliffe's, and I love the way they shot it, too. You liked that special? I like the way they shot it. I just... But the jokes, though, here's the thing. I've seen Tony Hinchcliffe live, and I saw him in Montreal. And I was proud of the fact that he fought through the... Because in the beginning, the crowd wasn't with him. He won them over. It took him 10 minutes, but he won them over, and he had some good bits. A lot of the bits I saw in the special. Honestly, I feel bad that he recorded his special on that night. I don't know what it was. It was him. He was not hitting hard. It was not strong. Like, I'm not trying to hate on Tony Hinchcliffe. Like, I like him. But the special, the one shot on uh, thing, I love the way it was shot. The one, but it didn't, it didn't have the punch. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, his jokes weren't hitting. I don't know if he was, he was bored of saying some of them. I don't know what it was. But I've seen him live do a lot better with the same material. And it just wasn't there. I don't know if, if I just sound like a piece of shit. But it wasn't. I, I just, I've. Yeah, I saw... Well, I know he shot it and then sold it. It wasn't shot by Netflix. No, it wasn't shot by Netflix. And I think I would have... If I do... Later down the line, if I were to do a special, I would want it to be done by Comedy Central, even Netflix or HBO or someone, and have them do it. Because then I think it would be... You know... They know you, how to, there's a way to shoot comedy specials. There's a way to... And a lot of... Like that new, new Wave, New Wave Productions, they do most of them there's people who know how to shoot it properly and you're right actually a lot of the stuff that may have gotten lost in, in Hinchcliffe's thing because I like the way it was shot I like the concept of it right that one shot thing but a lot might have been lost in the way it was filmed because like I said it didn't feel like it was hitting home and a lot of those jokes I saw him do and kill and there was something off I don't know if it was the way maybe it was the way he was filming it was the way he was saying in that night but I, when I was watching I was like fuck man I, I feel like if he had the choice he would have chose another night for like if he, they recorded let's say twice instead of doing that one shot right he would have chose the other recording. I didn't feel like he was hitting home on that. Like he wasn't, like you look at other specials on Netflix and it's just balls to the wall. You know, you're like, okay, this is a fucking special. Right? Yeah, I liked Hannibal's too. Oh yeah, Hannibal, I like, uh, did you see Bill Burr's? Yeah. Fucking genius. Yeah. And, but Bill Burr is also Bill Burr. I mean, <laughs> and Louis C.K. I mean, those people, but they've been doing it for so long. Yeah. But then it's funny because people are like, eventually comics lose steam or whatever. But they just, Burl Burr has been doing it for so long. You get better and better. Better and better. You, you, I'm always thinking, how's he going to top this? Yeah. And the fucker does. Yeah. What do you think? Did you see the Amy Schumer stealing stuff? Uh, let's talk about it, actually. See, you're, you're a thinker. It's good. Okay. Um, fucking Amy Schumer. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, do you think I, she stole? Look, I don't. Here's the weird thing. Uh, the stuff on the show that they said that that she could be 100% right. It had nothing to do with it. It could be writers that saw were influenced. Like, it's clear they took it from the same... It was the same fucking two jokes back to back on the show. That's suspicious. This is what bothers me. Is that... Who was it? It was Carmen Lynch joke that she that she took. It was the... What was the, the main joke that she stole from one of the... Uh, who was the comedian that she stole from? Was it Wendy Lehman? Was it a Wendy? It was a Wendy Lehman bit that she that Wendy Lehman did like ten years ago. No. Yeah. Okay. Here's what bothers me on something that she said on Jim Norton's podcast, where she was defending herself, and I listened to it. I like Jim Norton, and uh, and I wanted to hear the podcast to see what she had to say. And she said, 
Wendy Liebian is one of her favorite comics. I think that was it, right? Yeah. And she's been following her for a while. And then when they asked, well, how the fuck were you able to say it? She's like, oh, I haven't seen her special or something like that. Which kind of didn't add up. Okay, is she one of your favorites? So you watch yourself. Like, I have favorite comics. Bill Burr, Hannibal Burris, that kind of stuff. I'll watch her specials right away. You're telling me that one of her biggest specials you never saw. But she's one of your favorites. And you feel like you're influenced by her, but you haven't seen her stuff. That's a weird contradiction. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that's a little strange. I was like, hmm, that's a little that's a little odd. Then again, there's parallel thought. It's not like it was like the most ingenious. Like I'm sure I've said stuff that sounds maybe it won't never be the same joke because I talk about my life a lot. So maybe it won't it'll never be the exact same joke, but there could be a premise that's the same. But it was too much, too much stuff. And also the way she's been acting what really pissed me off is the way she's been acting lately. She used to be tough and fucking uh, fearless and you could say anything and she could take it, right? Now anybody says anything to her. You're sexist, uh, you know, you're misogynist, you hate women. Like that fucking kid who made the joke about her. On, on the, oh my, I... I wanted to fucking strangle her. When I saw the way she reacted, I was like, bitch, he's clearly joking with you. He's clearly... And the joke is so directly tied into your persona shit that you say. That's why he said it. Do you know what I mean? And then you go out and, and you make this kid look like a piece of shit. For what? Why would you do that? You were the one person who used to say that you're not offended by anything. You know, you're tough, this and that. And then now you're, oh, I guess that makes me a whore. Because, what do you say, a lot of guys have been inside or something like that. Which is based on the thing that she fucking said on stage. Her show is called Inside Amy Schumer. I No, I saw that too, and I was so mad. And I, I was like, God, like, I hope that, like, whatever happens, like, I obviously would love Amy Schumer's career, but I do not want to turn into that. No, that's why I said she turned, she went, she was a comedian, and she turned into a celebrity. Mm, exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I and the other thing that bothers me. Did you see the mashup of like the joke, joke, yeah. joke? That got taken down. It's like my friend was like, "Hannah, it's not there." We were like googling, looking for it. Maybe it's not down. And it's like it took us. No, I think they took it down because we were like looking for it. And she's like, "I think I found." It was just it took for it was not open on the. It's not clear on the. It's like and if you are so confident that you didn't steal, why do you have it taken down? Why do you have to be like, take it down, take it down? Yeah, why are you acting like that? And, and also, I'm telling you, the way she reacted really pissed me the fuck off. And uh, who was it? Um, who is the other one that she really attacked? Uh, the one that, the, was one of the comedians that was fighting with her? Tammy D. Tammy Pescatelli? Tammy P. Tammy P. <laughs> Bad, I'm like, I don't even know her name. Yeah, but. she's the one who ate the biggest dick. Because uh, everybody was talking shit about her after, like, oh, she's, you know, she's, uh, she's jealous. She's not one. The jokes were lifted, you could tell. And she said them earlier, so why is she wrong? Why is she wrong for bringing it up? That's what I don't understand. Is let's say you did not steal this joke, okay? Let's say me and you have the same joke. I didn't steal it from you, okay? But you said it three years before me, and it's on tape. And you bring it up, you're like, hey, I just want you to know that's my joke. Uh, maybe you instill the look, this is me fucking doing it. You're aware of this, right? Like, that's a little weird, okay? Why is it bad for you to fucking bring it up? Why wouldn't I be like, holy shit, we have a very similar joke. You said it first, you know, so clearly there's no debate. You know, you've been saying it, I'm fucking, I didn't know it on purpose, it's done. You know, I'm not saying it anymore. Instead, she's fucking, oh, she's jealous, nah, nah, this, nah. Bitch, you're saying the same fucking joke as her, and she said it first. So why is she the bad guy? How is she the bad guy for bringing it up? How she, all she was bringing it up, she didn't say fuck Amy Schumer. She brought it, she goes, hey, uh, you stole my fucking joke. Yeah. She didn't say fuck you. She's like, yeah, it's my, it's my joke, basically. What is what is that? That's what I don't get. Is like, how did you become that person of like, oh, woes me, everybody's out to get me? 
you you you're doing other people's jokes. They're not out to get you. They're you know the Patrice shit. I was iffy on because like they're not really jokes. They're they're sex. Their sex positions, their sex... Like, it's not like he invented it. You know what I mean? But yeah. I did find it strange when she goes... I, I never saw... Patricia's one of my favorite comics. I've never seen him do that. That was one of his famous fucking sets. Again, it, it's your favorite comic. You watch him, you follow him, but you've never seen that. It, 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 that kind of shit is what I don't like. At least straight up say... I don't watch. Like, I, yeah, I like him, but I don't watch this shit. You know? Maybe you don't as a comic. But don't fucking lie and be like, Yeah, well, my friends, I follow him. So how did you not see this? Oh, I never saw that. Yeah. So all your favorite comics, you've never seen any of their specials. How are they your favorite comics? I, I don't get that. It was just a weird reaction, and uh, the Patrice stuff, I felt the same way. I was like, right, it's not his jokes anyway. It's just yeah. positions, and he's making fun of them. That's why I said, even if she did see him do it, and she just changed the name or whatever, like yeah, it's dirty. Like your friend did those jokes. I'd be like, whatever. It's not like they were his jokes. I don't care about that. But the other stuff bothers me. She said like the she said it the exact same way. Most of those jokes, like the. Have you met her? Never. Never. I met her. Uh, what's that other guy? Um, her friend. Um, I think Brent Morrison or what the fuck's this guy's name? He's he, he he's Kyle? always with her. He's always with her now. Kyle. No, not Kyle. Somebody else. He's a comedian. Mark Forward, I think. No. Oh, Mark Norman. Norman, that's it. He's such a nice guy. I met him. At, I opened for him at the Comedy Nest. Super when nice. He came by. He, yeah, he had his public setting with him or something. He, he was cool. Like, I was talking with him backstage. I had a good laugh with him. He, he was good on stage, too. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I got to open for him, and it was a good time. Was the, yeah, he... I There's an open mic in L.A. every single night. It's a, at the worst cafe. There's, like, no stage. It's called Tribal Cafe. And he signed up. And people are like, Who signed up, Mark Norman? You guys are assholes. He walks in and is like, Can I do five minutes, guys? Is that cool? And we're like, What the f- Yes. Of course. You can do 10, bro. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, is that too much time? We're like, keep going. But it was crazy. I was like, that's someone. And then I saw, so I saw him at the Tribal Cafe, and then I did a show with him at Gotham. Oh. Oh, New York. Yeah. Yeah, she down there. Yeah. Yeah, and he um, he was so nice. He's like, I know we've met before, and I, we met so briefly. I was like, yeah, and just like such a friendly guy. Fucking left an impression. See what I'm saying, Hannah? <laughs> We'll see. Fucking right. <laughs> but he was just like somewhat, I don't know, really, I really liked, it was really great when you meet people like that. When they're, they're just nice and stuff. There's not like Joe List. Joe List was like that. I don't know who that is. He's, he's a neuro comic. He had come by the nest too. I opened for him as well. Uh, he was nice too. There's, there's a couple, there's some that are dicks. Like I met comics. I was like, oh my God, you're ruining my perception of you people. You know what I mean? Like uh, people that I've been fans of. Uh, I've had the chance to open for a lot of cool people at the, the communist and um, I was like fuck but a lot of them are nice yeah Wendy Liebman is the nicest woman in the world that's what everybody says and that's why I was like mad about the whole joke thing cause I was like she's a sweet lady and she's just like ugh I'll, and she won't stand up for it. Yeah. Even if she felt you know what she probably is like you know what I did it first and anyone can see that so like fuck who cares it. and I'm still doing well and She's normal and has like a like she has bigger fish to fry. But it's not about her. This is about it's not about her. It's about the fact that Amy, she has this big name right now. She's why are you pulling a Mencia? Do you know what I mean? Like why would you even think about tarnishing your legacy by doing something so stupid and lazy? It's funny. I because I wasn't really into stand up. I was always into like I like Molly Shannon was my original. Okay. Like I like sketch and stuff. 
So the whole Carlos Mencina thing, I don't know who that is, <laughs> but I just know he stole and ruined his like career. Yeah. Well, he still does well apparently in like small like there's demographic that doesn't understand that he stole. But yeah, Joe Rogan destroyed him. Oh really? Yeah, you should when you get home YouTube that shit. Joe Rogan. It was at uh, I think it might have been at the comedy store, and people videotaped it where he went up. And he just talks shit. He goes, there's a guy in the back of the room stealing jokes or something. I don't, and it just started escalating. And then they were both on stage yelling at each other. Oh, my God. Well, did you hear the Joe Rogan podcast with Hannibal about Amy? Uh, he talked about it for a couple of minutes. He talked about it, yeah, for a little while. What did he say? He just said there's an originality problem. Yeah, that's yeah, and he was right. Yeah. And everything he said, I was like, yeah, I agree with. He said you can't because you don't know what goes on somebody's head. You can't. Oh yeah, you stole. It. You don't know. But he said, yeah, definitely. It's an original. It's the same fucking jokes. Yeah, and yeah, I really liked listening to that and hearing that. And it's weird because I, I really do like Amy. Like I liked her movie. Well, I, I support her. Like even on Instagram, when I was in LA in October, she was doing the Apollo one, and they had that big. I tweeted about it. I fucking you know support her. Even on Instagram, I was all happy for her. And then I, the first thing I heard was at the Apollo special. The uh, uh, the, the last joke stealing from mm-hmm. Patrice and I was like like I said ah, it's not really his joke it's just positions you know I, I brushed it off then when I started hearing jokes like, I doubt it and then when I saw the video I was like son of a bitch and at that time I was already starting to dislike her because of all the shit she was doing on Twitter of oh fuck you you hate me you're sexist if anybody talks shit about her now they tell hey, you're not that funny oh that's because you think women aren't funny like no I, nobody said women aren't funny yeah, I didn't find you funny. It's you. It was a personal thing to you. It has nothing to do with all women. So I didn't like that shit. She became a celebrity. Yeah, she's definitely. That's exactly. I. That's so funny. You brought that up about that kid because he looked like such a, a, like, he just looks like such an innocent like, kid. Yeah, he's just some random kid. Uh. And she said, "Oh, I guess it's because I'm a whore." Like he's trying to make he's trying to make her out to be a whore. Yeah, it's like you closed on different sex positions. That's what you closed on. How are you going to say? And then if you didn't steal the bit from someone, that's just in your head about all these sex positions. And then someone calls you out for having a lot of sex, you're going to be like, so I'm a whore? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It just boggles the mind. You said that you need to stuff your vagina with a futon. That was (laughs) was special. (laughs) It's just like, why are you calling me a whore? Yeah, that's that's what shocks me. It just, oh my. God. The only thing, the only thing I agree with that's annoying is like, when I go to mics and stuff, and I'll do sex stuff, and guys will like, comics will be like assume that I'm like, really promiscuous and yeah, yeah, and be like, well, I don't understand why you don't want to go out with me or like, I don't understand like, and it's like you were talking about that futon in your vagina. I told you I got a <laughs> futon at home. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I have sex a lot, but it doesn't mean I want to have sex. With you, <laughs> so I'm not sharing. Random guy at the cafe. He's just like, so I, I like to have sex a lot. Right when he gets up, he's like, Yeah, we go, we go. Exactly. That's, but it's kind of like the other way. It's like, uh, but then I'm like, I say no, and that's the end of it. And the, they get like mad, but it's like I don't give a fuck. Like they'll be mad. But I also think that my, it's like if you don't want to give off the vibe that you're a slut, then don't talk about sex. And it sucks that, like, guys can talk about... It sucks the thing that sucks is guys talk about dating, and it's like, oh, he talked about dating, but when a girl talks about dating, it's like, she talked about dating. 
It's like a weird thing. You're fucking right about that, though. Yeah, it's like all girls talk about is dating. If you watch guy comics, all guys comics talk about dating. I talk about dating. Everyone's like, I talk about dating. And what's funny is there's um, I was at the comics on the weekend, and there was a blogger. I didn't see her. She took a picture of me, and she posted it on Instagram, and she wrote a caption. It was really nice. Uh, what she wrote, but then she goes, you know, he talked about dating and he talked about this. Like, I was like, I, I was like, I'm not breaking new ground here. Like, it's not a big, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he talked about as if nobody talks about dating and nobody talks about like relationships and things like that. I was like, that's so interesting that they took it like that. Whereas if it was a woman, they'd be like, oh, so she's talking about dating again and yeah. this and that. But when I do it, it's like, yo, look at this guy opening up about his dating life. Like, <laughs> it, and that's the thing. But I think the strongest comedy. And strongest content of anything is relationships because everyone relates and seeing someone else go through what you've been through is like just it's just that I think that shit makes it so funny because you're like oh my god like that happened to me too or like if you have a friend like that's why Dane Cook's shit when it was good that one special when he talked about the friend that no one likes the guy at work it's like when you find common grounds of relationships and then he he got in trouble for stealing shit too no I think recently, but I think he just gets more in trouble because he's an asshole. Yeah, I heard he's a piece of shit, yeah. Every, no one likes him. Why? I don't understand. Why is he a piece of shit? Like, he like he got banned from the Laugh Factory. He got banned? Yeah. because. When did he get banned? A like, year ago. I think last year, I think I, I, I saw that he was on the billboard there just before he got banned. Maybe it was like six months. It was a while ago because he, I guess, showed up and... They said, they, it was like a private, it, I thought it was, I heard it was Judd Aptown Friends. And Judd Aptown said, hey, love Dane Cook, but I'm doing a small show. Can you just not have him come tonight? And Dane Cook showed up, bumped someone on Judd Aptown's lineup. This is, I don't know if it was Judd Aptown Friends. I could be wrong on that part, but I know he bumped someone. And then he got in trouble. And then he said, do you know who, I fucking own this club. And like got oh, mad. Shit. And then the owner, Jamie, emailed him and said, you actually don't own a club and you're never allowed back. You got a lifetime ban. Banned. They took his shit down. They were like, but you know what? You don't act like that. That's a piece of shit move. Yeah. And then now he's like big at the improv and they say he parks his Lamborghini in the red zone and like... Just, just takes the ticket. Yeah. Or doesn't take a ticket. Just gives it his keys to the valet. Like, it's like... He has a Lambo? Apparently. Fuck this guy. I mean, I've never seen... I just... This, he's just... I... So I'm friends with a guy. He was Mel's Diner. It's on Sunset Boulevard. Okay. I was there after a show with my friend. And then my friend who's a comic was randomly meeting Dane Cook there. And he was talking to us. And Dane Cook, like, sat behind us and was like... He was like, oh, these are my friends. This is Dane. He's like, yeah, we're in a meeting. So, like, can you guys just, like, mm, like Get the uh, fuck out of here. Yeah, and it was hilarious. My friend was, like, laughing so hard. She's like, oh, Dane Cook has fallen so far. We're his meetings at Mel's Diner at 2 a.m. on Sunset Boulevard with a 20-year-old. Like, congrats, bro. Like, What the fuck is that? We're in a meeting? Who talks like that? Like, if you see, if me and you are, are eating and when we're talking and one of your friends comes in. But like, hey, you know, how you guys doing this Pantelis from Montreal? You're not going to be like, yeah, we're in a meeting right now. You, who does? Who acts like that? <laughs> Nobody says that kind of shit. That's not real people talk. Yeah. But it's funny to me. I think everyone just kind of laughs that off now that Dana's... Like, I was not at all offended. because I, like, I wouldn't be offended. I would just be shocked. It was. I was shocked. And it was so funny. I was like, this guy's legitimately insane. <laughs> it's like, the fact he thinks, like... The fact he thinks he has to wear a baseball cap anywhere, I'm like, 
Who are you hiding from? No one cares. Like, well, Al Qaeda. Who's gonna get you? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Exactly. It's just, it's such a joke, and I just think like Polly is embraces the fact that like no one really knows who he is. You know, it's that's what makes him. That's what makes it funny. Yeah. But Dane Cook, I think it's almost sad because he hasn't seen that like. He thinks he's bigger than what he is, like in terms of stardom. Mm-hmm. But he may have gotten money. That's why, maybe. I'm sure he has a lot of money, but I, I just, it's sad that who, if he measures something in money, yeah, like, I guess that means it's nicer to sit up in your house in the hills. Alone. Alone. I guess I'd rather do that than a studio downtown or in K-Town, crawling with roaches. Oh, is Koreatown fucked up? Uh, I mean, my friend lives there. She has a lot of roach. She has a roach problem. I'm scared of roaches. I'm not good with bugs. Yeah, no. You're in a good area then. Yeah, this is a good little spot, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is really nice. Look, look at this. Look at that wall art. It's really nice. It's like they knew it was coming. Zorba the Greek, but in Spanish. Zorba el Griego on the wall. That's amazing stuff. But is, is, there's no comedy around here. Actually, it's not that far. Uh, sunset's not, not too far from here. No, it's not far at all. Everything's there, yeah. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna call my buddy and see if I could hook him up with a spot somewhere tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I would try to get you, and I just don't even. I can't even get him for my fucking self. But even if I don't, like I said, I'm cool this time to come down and just have fun and enjoy myself. Because mm-hmm. I never really get to enjoy LA because I'm always every time I'm here, I'm like, oh, I gotta drive here, then I gotta go there. I, I want to go to a spot. I want to, you know, I just want to get on. So even though I always do. Uh, this time, like, ah, I'm kind of learning myself, learning a bit more. But, like, I walked around the neighborhood, like, around, and I went to the Beverly Center and all that stuff. And it was fun, first of all, because nobody walks. Yeah. So it's me and, like, three homeless guys, you know? And it's funny. I'm like, look at this. I'm like the Pied Piper. <laughs> That's so funny. It's true. It's so, and everybody's looking at me because I'm not dressed like I'm homeless, but I'm walking. And every, every place I was walking, they were looking at me. There was one, like a bouncer in front of a, I don't know if it's a bar or whatever the fuck it was on 3rd Avenue. And he was looking at me for a while. Like he, first he was doing a double take. And then he kept looking at how far, and I was just drinking a coffee, walking nonchalantly. And they were so weirded out by it. They thought it was suspicious, you know. They're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Because for you guys, that's suspicious behavior. In Montreal, though, it's like New York. It's a walking culture city. We walk everywhere. Like I drive, but I mean, we walk a lot. So you see tons of people. The streets are full with people traffic. Here it's filled with uh, cars. So it's a different dynamic. When you see people walking and they're not homeless, you automatically think they're up to no good. Suspicious behavior. That's funny. Yeah. That's I had. I went to a mic and I had a backpack and I went grocery shopping and security was like following me around, which was just weird because I was like, why? But I was because I had a backpack. That's but it, so stupid. That doesn't sound. Everybody has a backpack in Montreal, by the way. Everybody. You see guys in suits going to work riding bicycles, which I hate. By the way, if you're an adult and you're going to work in a suit but riding a bicycle, you can't do that. Yeah, no. I, I can't take you seriously. You're a banker. You can't handle my money. <laughs> yeah. Like, my nephews ride bicycles. Come on, man. I wouldn't trust them with my money because they're pieces piece of shit. That's the main reason. My little nephew's a piece of shit. That's why oh, I wouldn't trust I thought you meant bankers. The bankers, too. Fuck them. I don't know who's worse. Them or my nephew. One of them. But yeah, I wouldn't. It's so weird. Like I see you with a backpack and riding a bike, but you're wearing a suit. Yeah, that's weird. In Montreal, that's what it is. That's the culture right now. Everybody rides Bixies, the bikes, all the fucking time in the summer and stuff. Like uh, in the winter, obviously you can't. And uh, I, I hate it when I see like business attire, but with a backpack and a bicycle. Like, what the fuck are you doing? It's either go all the way or not. You know, if you're gonna commit to the bit, commit. <laughs> 
That's such a comic thing to say. Right? <laughs> Either all or nothing. Yeah. Find your voice. Because <laughs> you imagine I was just, I started campaigning. I would just be yourself, man. What is halfway shit? Are you a banker or are you some student? Ride a bicycle. Pick. That's really funny. Fucking shit. So what, uh, what's next for you? Um, Vegas. And selling my eggs, maybe. Doing this pilot. Um, well, which pilot? Uh, the one I'm writing with my friend. Ah, there we go. This is this is exciting. So you're gonna write it, mm-hmm. and then hopefully there's enough budget to shoot it. Yeah. Who are you gonna get to shoot it? I don't know. It's like we're very in the early stages, but we're very excited about it. So we're like, we're gonna make this happen. I don't know if he still does it. I knew uh, I know a guy who's at uh, he's at Dick Clark Productions. He's uh, he 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 had showed me his short that he made with his friend. It was shot really well. Uh, he loves that kind of stuff. Like his, I think his buddy works for Sony right now, and they like doing that kind of stuff. Huh. Uh, I'm gonna bring it up to him uh, in two days. I think we'll see him just to see if he's still doing something like that. I'll be like, hey, I, I, you know, I got a fresh comedian. She wants to maybe film something. So if you know, yeah, that'd be great. Do that kind of stuff, yeah. Because nice. in much would have been so much easier. I know all the people who do film here. I don't, but I remember he showed me a video of his last year. So he loves it. He likes that kind of stuff. He was really into it. And it was good. It was good. He shot it very well. I even asked. There was a shot that I really liked where. Because uh, it's a depressing scene or whatever, and he the camera was like in the trash can, and when he was throwing stuff out, it was just a really cool scene. Like it, the way he shot it, it wasn't basic. Like it just doesn't. They don't just put the camera on the side and just get the the reel in. Uh-huh. They really wanted to get a feeling of everything. So if you're throwing something out, if you're feeling like this, where is it going? The, the close ups, all that. Like they really took a lot of shots. They focused. So I'll ask him see if he's still doing it. If he's still doing it, I'll just talk you guys up. Cool. You guys in communication. He's uh he's 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 young. He's, 25 is maybe younger. Uh, cool. Yeah, cool dude. Yeah. Why do you have an LA phone? And then the end. And, and a Montreal one? Yeah. I have it's just my uh, a SIM when I come down here. I changed the SIM card because oh. a lot of times they fuck me on roaming charges. And also people who see my 514 number here, even though they know it, they refuse to pick up or they're scared to call. They think they're going to get charged. So I'm like, all right, fuck. I'll just put in when I come down here, I'll do the LA one. But do you have my Montreal number? No, I don't. Uh, you have to get my Montreal because that one's the best. You can text me anytime because when I'm not here, right? Yeah, so I'll give cool. you that one too so you have it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's uh, I just have it for that reason because people always get weirded out when they see different uh, area codes. So funny. You're like, when I, I'll text you from my LA phone, I was like, so official. But, like, so I, I meant it. Yeah, it sounds so yeah. Oh, my LA phone. It's the same phone, different SIM card. It's just the same one. Uh, yeah, just uh, there's the LA number. Yeah, it's much easier for you. But I, I only use it here. So sometimes people don't like I don't communicate properly. So I leave and they're texting that, and I don't see them until I come back. I'll get like a text pop up when I come back and I put it. I'm like, oh look at that! I can't go for coffee. That was a month ago. You know, like it's uh, that. things like that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, so you're gonna get my my regular one. Yeah, definitely. And you gotta find your way uh, to Montreal. We gotta hook something up for that. Yeah, I wanna go. I, I, I know I. What, if not just I want to go to Canada in general I'm like maybe I should just go there and do comedy for a while well if you you know you got you got me if you come down there so you're, you're gonna be yeah. good yeah what do you think about New York comedy as a host? I like New York comedy it's just hard also right It's but you get a lot more stage time mm-hmm. there's rooms everywhere you're willing to run you might only perform for five people but you're gonna get practicing uh, I, last podcast I had Peter Radomski on there he was talking about how he went to New York for two months he did over 137 shows but yeah. a lot of them were, he like I said, you're doing it for two people. But by the end of the night, you're doing five shows a night. Even though you're not doing it in front of a lot of people, 
you're developing those bits because mm-hmm. you're practicing more than here. Like here, if you if every three weeks you get a five minute spot at the at the store, you're scared with those five minutes to try something new. Yeah. Right, because they're so limited. So you're gonna end up doing the same one, and you could perfect that little bit. But all the stuff you want to try, you're always scared to put it on there. You're like, I don't want to fuck up my chance of getting a next spot. So it fucks you. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're in New York, you don't care. You try everything. In, in, in one night, you'll do five different shows. You might do five different sets. Or you might do five, the same set. You change one thing every time just to tweak it. You know? Well, you can't do that here. Right? Yeah. Just like Montreal. Same thing with Montreal. I don't have that many options. So, like, if I'm on a weekend at the Comedy I want to try something new, but I can't. I don't want to disappoint. I don't want it to hurt my chance of getting another weekend spot. Yeah. No, that's true. I was saying about moving to New York, but... It's just such a tough move, and... I would say it's expensive, but it's expensive out here, too. Yeah. It's expensive everywhere. I just... I don't know. New York is just such a commitment, and... <laughs> I'm just a pussy, I guess. I'm like... Yeah. Well, you <laughs> came out here. I mean, you came You came fucking... How are you a pussy? You came all the way out here. You came alone. Nobody else. Yeah. Like, family stayed behind. And you, and you fucking got into comedy. That takes balls. Yeah. But I feel like I've laid some groundwork in the comedy scene. Even if it's not a lot, it's a lot. It took me two years to do it, you know? Yeah, you don't want to start You don't want to start from scratch again. Yeah. I, I have that fear about L.A. too, right? by the way. Coming out here, a lot of people say, oh, you got to come to L.A., you know, this and that. And I do have that fear of I'll lose everything I've worked for. Like, I, not I'll lose it, but I won't have it here. I don't have that same pull. I don't have, nobody knows who the fuck I am, right? So they're not going to be like, oh, it's Pendel's fuck, yeah, put him on. They're going to be like, who? Why does he have one name? What? <laughs> like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. And it's just... And the other thing is they're like, oh, another guy is out here. Like, you've... Not that... I think you should move to LA, I'm just saying. Like, I feel you. I feel you. It's just... It is... That's my fear. Your fear of LA is my exact fear of New York. It's like... I don't know. You... The grass is always greener somewhere else. Yeah. And until you become a universal comic, it's like... It doesn't really matter, I think. How hard is that? I think we're doing well. We're doing a little stuff where you have a good following on Twitter. Like people like your tweets. You're funny. Uh, so you know the, the people that are exposed to you, they like what they see. So that's that's all you could hope for, right? Yeah, that's exactly how. So that's huge. Yeah. Because the pond that you're in, you're ruling it. That's that's the main thing. If you know, people who saw you didn't respect you, didn't find you funny, didn't want to pursue seeing you, things like that, then there will be a problem. But you, it's not the case. Uh, I still remember that night at the Ice House, like everybody was, uh, you know, they were talking, they were whispering, this and that, and they were laughing at jokes. My buddy Camby, who was in the audience, was talking about you after. So, nice. yeah, so I, you have that, you know what I mean? Obviously, you're in a tough situation, it's LA, but I mean, the talent is there, so it's not... Thanks. And that's more than half the battle. Well, you too, obviously. But uh, you know that. But you're, you're a... <laughs> it's, that's nice to hear from you. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, well, that does, yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, I, feel, I feel like this was a good... Uh, it was a good talk. Yeah, am I going to get in trouble for talking shit on all these comments? I don't feel like you talk shit, though. Did I? I, I don't, don't know. No, you didn't say... You actually, you were pretty objective about the whole thing. Even the joke stealing, like, you went deep. You said, you know, the... It wasn't like, fuck this person. I mean, you were pretty fair. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.